Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hi, I'm Rick Lambert. Welcome to This Marketing Show. I'm coming off the road of three weeks of speaking events on sales and marketing. You know, it surprises me the level of interest in, Rick, what type of content should we create to tell our story as a business? And I thought, who better to have on the show today than Carl Shell? He's the director of content and publishing for an organization called Keypoint Intelligence. Great people, do a lot of great things in the tech sector. Now, here's a guy coming up, by the way, I'm going to ask him how you might want to think about creating content for your business. But, you know, he sits right in the cockpit with a team of content creators. They're producing like 24 blogs a month four podcasts a month, a whole bunch of social content. They do a great newsletter called The Key Point of View. And Carl, uh, after that intro there, sorry if I built it up too much, but you do a lot of great things. Maybe let the folks know what you do so they have perspective for the breadth of uh, all the stuff you got going on. Absolutely. And really grateful for the opportunity, Rick. Uh, definitely looking forward to having some fun with you here today. Um, I am the Director of Content and Publishing at Keypoint Intelligence. Um, Keypoint Intelligence being comprised of two uh, organizations that are now more product types, which is the Buyer's Lab BLI side and the InfoTrends side. To help spell that out just a, a little bit more really quickly, um, the Buyer's Lab side focuses on product level testing and research, while the InfoTrends side focuses on market research um, and writing reports and strategy pieces for OEM specifically. We do a lot more than that. We have yeah. a, uh, our, our U-verse platform for e-commerce and sales enablement. Um, we do awards. Um, obviously, BLIQ houses all of our buyer's lab stuff, and the Info Center houses all of our InfoTrends um, uh, deliverables. Um, on top of that, we do some custom work, both on the product side and the research side, um, as consulting engagements or custom tests. So we do a lot. And we talk to a lot of people and we have access to, you know, an infinite uh, number of data points um, and information that we like to tell stories about. Um, we do that. We do those stories behind the wall. Yes. But for the purpose of this show, Rick, um, you know, digital content, marketing, blogs, podcasts, videos, infographics, et cetera, um, those are the kinds of stories we like to tell and we try to figure out the best way to tell them. And, and, you know, for those of you that may be a little loose on what key point intelligence does, I mean, these guys have got more information. I think one of the challenges you've got to have is, you know, what do I pick within my, you know, content sphere, which I think a lot of organizations they you know, they're wrestling, Carl, the people I talk to, I don't think all, with all due respect, a lot of people understand the long game of content. They're, they're trying to, you know, do the quick hit ROI 30 day thing. And I think what you folks are doing is, you know, you're slowly educating, you're bringing people, you're attracting people because the content is, is organic, meaning you guys create it. It's fact-based, it's educational. Um, but if you're watching right now, let's say someone's saying, okay, great. I know I need to come up with a content strategy. Um, maybe you could share what you see as some of the challenges, you know, for a, for a small, medium-sized business or maybe an enterprise marketer creating content. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think it, if we can just back it up for one second, I would say that it's important to understand, um, piggybacking off of your long game comment, 
that we are in the long game here. Um, you know, this we are currently in year three of a very aggressive, healthy blog um, initiative, I would say. Um, it started uh, right around the, the beginning of the pandemic, um, where we realized that things were going to change and we had to change and we wanted to do this. That is not to say that we did not blog before. It's just that we our blog was nowhere near as active as what it has become to the points that you mentioned earlier. Hey, you're, you're saying you're in year three. Some people are thinking, hey, how do I get to day three? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very true. And yeah. fortunately, we have a uh, a good mix of content creators, whether they're subject matter experts, um, whether they work in consulting, whether they're analysts, et cetera. Um, so we have a, a diverse pool of people and all of those people have, you know, a, a subject matter expertise area, domain expertise, hmm. things that they can get thought leadership out. So let's so take it back I to can, your- If I can just break that down, like you, you guys are very advanced, which is why I wanted to have you on today. But I think a lot of companies, they've got their own subject matter expertise. Someone called the reception person that gets all the normal questions coming in. Someone called the salesperson that gets all those questions from customers. Someone called the billing person that gets all. So I think some people think, oh, it's not for me. But I think the concepts you're talking about today apply regardless of what type of business you're in. Sorry to interrupt you. No, not at all. I think it's a great point, Rick. Um, you know, we have- uh, people in sales who go to a show and maybe they're the only person at the show. So they want to get their name out there a little bit more or push the uh, push what happened at the show as a marketing thing, not just for us, but other people. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it becomes very organic and people want to engage with it internally and they want to be part of it. And that's really as the person who kind of oversees all this, um, just really a blessing almost. Right. You, you don't, there's no, there's no shortage of good ideas. There's no shortage of, of stories. And we just want to push those stories. Now, to get you back know, you, to the, to your, to your point though, I think a lot of companies uh, wrestle with having their own people eat their own dog food and they expect the customers wanting to consume the content. And so I can just share with you now, you know, one of the ways we've got internal engagement because it's so important, right? For your key point intelligence people to engage with the content, share the content is we've actually set up as part of the sales activity mix is engagement on the content to make sure that the internal people understand A, what the content is coming out and then they can share it with their customers. Sorry, but I just think not enough internal people understand and engage with the company content to give it the levity and, and momentum it needs, that's all. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that one for a second here. You know, the communication internally um, listen, communication is one of those things that it's never up to snuff 100%. Uh, I'm a big believer in that, and I'm a big believer in over-communicating to get the message out. We do have a big meeting every Monday where all these people come together, and we have people from other groups who can share what's going on in this group to other people, right? Um, we, put, we post the schedule a week earlier. Um, so everyone knows what's coming out. And again, it's a healthy mix of content from a lot of different people. It's not the same four or five people who are always blogging. So we get that message out. Um, and then, you know, kind of going back to the, the three challenges you wanted to know about, I think getting that message out about we have all this content and it's free and it's for you um, to digest and learn from um, and connect with us about it as well. Um, those, that's, that's a challenge. I think, you know, whether you're the tiniest company or the biggest company, oftentimes one of the biggest challenges they face is 
not everyone knows everything that we do. And, you know, this opportunity here with you, Rick, is a great chance for us to help spread the word about all this content that we push on a weekly basis. Um, and it comes in all different forms and it's for all different types of people. So, so Carl, I was speaking, uh, uh, keynote speaker at the recent CDA meeting, Copier Dealer Association, uh, large organizations, U.S. based. And they asked me to come in and talk on the topic of cross selling. And one of the points I was saying to them is your content mix has to not necessarily make you look like, you know, your original business, but it's got to help you cross sell. And I know you folks wrestle with that because you do so much, right? For so many, but maybe specific challenges like, you know, I think you would agree like SEO might be an example of the challenge. Like how do I optimize the content? Maybe, you know, give us some of those challenges. Sure. And, and I hardly think that we're the experts on SEO, by the way. I hardly think that we're the best content creators in the world. You're pretty anymore. good. You're pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Um, you know, the achieving the best SEO is obviously a key in today's world. Um, you want to have eyeballs on your content. You want people in and out of your industry or your wheelhouse to be able to find you. Um, and this is something that, you know, we wrestle with. Um, we play around with keywords and obviously the analytics at the end of the day help help flesh out the story and provide a lot more color content, uh, color commentary, sorry, mm -hmm. for, for how well you're doing. So I would agree with you there. So what type of analytics, if I may ask, would you use to measure the search engine optimization kind of strength of a piece of content? Like, how would you measure that? Because a lot of people don't understand that. Mm. Yeah, um, it's it's more than just eyeballs. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, eyeballs obviously help, but mm -hmm. it's you know the length of time these eyeballs are staying on a piece of content or their ears for that matter if they're listening to a podcast, um, what have you. Because there are tools that uh, our team use to kind of you know give it a weighted value, and you could change the title, you can change kind of the the inside. You know, the big <laughs> thing that I I think you do really well, which is a challenge for a lot of companies, is they make the mistake of creating all this promotional content that I, I always joke, like, it's like, you know, if you record a TV program, I always fast forward through the commercials. And so if I see content that's promotional, like I'm past it quick. So how do you feel about educational versus promotional? Yeah. Um, it, it's, there's, there's a delicate balance between a lot of things. Um, it's kind of like a social media rule, not to just be over promotional of yourself all the time, you know, drop something personal in there every now and again. I think you see on LinkedIn and Twitter companies putting out like happy Easter, happy Passover messages, especially at this time of year. Um, and you know, you don't want to do that all the time. You certainly want to have a call to action and something that helps get you to, you know, you can be talking about Canon or you could be talking about Marco or you could be talking about an ISV, whatever in the blog, but ultimately you're going to try to funnel them into the site somehow, whether it's to a podcast or whether it's behind the wall, et cetera. Um, and getting that level of engagement and not being too, too promotional, but still promoting yourself enough here um, is, is a wise move. That said, um, you know, we do promotional pieces that are strictly promotional where mm. we're promoting a piece of content, let's say on the info center, it could be for a forecast that we just did on a four and we thought that this was interesting. So we tease it here and we promote it. Um, so, Plenty of that stuff does go around. And when you produce at the level that we do, um, you're going to get a fair amount of that stuff. 
but for every one piece like that, there are four or five, six other pieces that are helping promote other brands, other people, other companies. Um, and we're allowed to kind of project our thought leadership, if you will, hmm. um, and inject that into conversations to like we're having, just have a nice free-flowing conversation of expertise and industry experience. Yeah, I mean, you you guys do great work for your customers, actually. You create content for your customers, which lightens their load. And, you know, I just love the guys or ladies, by the way, that, Carl, they got the new brochure of their product and they they post page one of the brochure and then, oh, you haven't had enough of that? Boom, here's the <laughs> Anyway, there's, I think people miss the boat on what would damage your company brand or your personal brand. Hey, how do you guys from a chat? One of the challenges we see is people don't know, should I, should I write it in a blog? Should I do it in social posts? Should I do a podcast? Like how do you guys figure out the best medium? If I've got a story, I want to get out there. Yeah, definitely a, a good challenge to list here, Rick. Thank you. Um, ultimately uh, I think one of the themes here is we want a healthy mix of content uh, content, you know, uh, topical, but we also want a healthy mix of types of content that we deliver in. And we, again, want to tell the best possible story. So how do we achieve that with blogs, podcasts, videos, infographics, webinars, um, stuff like that? You know, it's a conversation. Sometimes it's a very quick conversation. It's a blog. Yeah, no problem. Just write up 500 words and promote this piece, et cetera. Um, but if someone comes and is like, well, I got these two people and we're going to sit down and have a conversation, my, my, my gut and my mind immediately go to, this sounds like a podcast because no one wants to read long Q and A's with multiple yeah. people anymore. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to have 3000 word articles on your site. It's just not, not, not smart marketing at that point. Yeah. And it's not marketing, uh, correct? Rick? Yeah, yeah. You, you're <laughs> picking up, buddy. That's why you're in your seat. You are. Hey, uh, you know, and if you're a seasoned business person out there thinking, no, I read, uh, just take a look at your kids that are millennials or Gen Z's and ask yourself, okay, do they read? And I thought, Carl, you know, coming into our conversation today, you made a really good point. And then a lot of people make the mistake, I think, of thinking, oh, we're going to create a blog as opposed to coming up with the story first and then saying, okay, what is the best medium? Like you, you give the example there of a conversation. No one's going to read a conversation they made, but mm -hmm. um, how about um, uh, getting your message out? But that's a problem for people too. Like, okay, I got content. And I think one of the things that they wrestle with is where do I get it out? And everybody tries to get it out through their own channels. But I think what you guys have done really well is you'll align with partners to kind of ricochet or, 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 you know, bridge into their ecosystem. And, uh, you know, we've had customers, we're getting heavy, heavy into the webcast. Now we just see it's still very, very popular mm -hmm. and how companies have come together. So you might have a technology dealer with an insurance company and they're talking about, you know, cybersecurity. And now you can invite all these different ecosystems that are complementary, non-competitive, and I see you folks do a lot of that in the industry that really supports everybody's interest, but helps the end user. Yeah, it's it's a multifaceted approach, right, Rick? You're in marketing. Mm -hmm. um, it can't just be one thing. Yeah. Um, when it comes to our own things, um, you know, we get the message out there in a few ways. The first way would be um, that every story, podcast, whatever, gets a social post on Twitter and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And then we have people, you know, in the subject matter expert, analyst group, consulting, whoever, sales too, 
you know, sharing, liking, et cetera, getting it into their feeds and then other people seeing it. The, the object there is obviously to get some engagement with some comments and maybe someone actually comments and wants to contact us about something. So that's one way. Um, newsletter, again, um, important key point of view. Um, we used to have two uh, newsletters that we would push content through free content. We've streamlined that down to one with the nifty name, the key point of view. Love it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're getting really good engagement on a weekly basis. This is a newsletter that comes out once a week, th you, uh, Thursday afternoons, Eastern time. Um, and we're just seeing, again, a healthy mix of people visiting. Our engagement rate is hovering like, you know, nine, uh, nine, ten percent, which from my perspective is pretty good oh, for a newsletter. Yep. People are clicking on links and reading stories. And, you know, it's not just the eyeballs on the stories. It's the time they're spending on the stories. Mm -hmm. You know, are they actually re are they just looking at the headline and skimming it? And it's like a three minute read that everyone is averaging 30 seconds on. Well, uh, you know, that might not be the best, but if it's a five, 700 word article and people are actually spending five, seven minutes on it, they're probably thinking about it and taking their time with it. And that to me means quality content. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's worked for us is we'll actually share the same content, like in different mediums, right? So we may have this podcast, for example, we'll take, we'll do a third party write up on our conversation, tie the video in, link to YouTube. So I think people, sometimes they build this thing and then they hope people will come, but they've got to get it out there through different mediums, through partners. Um, mm. so, so Carl's challenge is there, by the way, just if you're tracking, make sure your content's optimized, meaning it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, through the group, the eyes of Google, we treat Google as our customer, that it's, it's, uh, it's friendly content and it's using terms that would attract kind of your target audience. He talked about being educational versus promotional. Hopefully you're aware of that one. Um, <laughs> use the right medium, uh, you know, or different mediums. And I think your point about like using partners and different ecosystems, it would really expand your reach. Hey, yeah, let me, can I, can I jump in there really quick yeah, about the partnerships? Yeah. I mean, this is a really interesting one because Keypoint Intelligence as an organization is talking to and partnering with people in our industry, I think more than we ever did before, especially even on like the analyst side or um, the news aggregation side, you know, we've, we, we're doing things with Andy Slowetsky. We've worked with the Kanadas. Um, these are things that, uh, sorry to say, we just weren't doing five, six years ago. Now we didn't have the blog capacity that we did back then that we do now. Um, and, you know, leadership um, changes and different visions and stuff like that. And I feel like it's a really, we're in a really good place with these partnerships. And I, I look forward to, it's like syndicating your content, which is another important part of this whole conversation. Um, but it's doing it to a very targeted audience. Mm -hmm. um, so it works well for us. No, totally. I mean, look at what we're doing today, right? I mean, we met Absolutely. online, we, you know, we're sharing these things. Um, hey, what would be, you know, so I'm a business owner, I'm a marketing leader, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I someone threw me the title of marketing in my company. Uh, <laughs> what would be some quick pro tips that you would give, given your experience for someone to make sure they've got a good content strategy? Yeah, so I think a lot of what we've talked about can kind of be summed up in this section. You know, um, I've mentioned a healthy mix of content, not just the the topics that you're covering, but also the content types. You don't want to just have static blogs with no images in them all the time. You want to 
mix it up, you know, uh, don't, don't change it all to, oh, we're suddenly going to write all in infographics and be really brief and, and short with things. Um, but this is definitely an important one. Again, not being so self-promotional. Don't just write about yourself. Use other people. There are so many marketing opportunities out there, and those marketing opportunities eventually turn into dollar opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you start talking with someone. It starts off as a very basic conversation, and all of a sudden, the canvas is filled up like a Jackson Pollock painting, and then you have to make sense of all the splat splotches on, on the canvas and, and um and turning that that into a bigger relationship is 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 again, Rick, to your original point, the long game, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely something that I would uh, stress. Now, the other thing is, I'm a words guy. I'm not a numbers guy. Yes, we produce a lot of content, um, so the quantity part is spoken for. But I'm really impressed with the quality, the quality mm. of the thought leadership that's coming out of our stuff. It really spans. Uh, everyone, you know, the the analysts talking to subject matter experts, the subject matter experts getting out their opinions to not just increase our brand exposure and showing people what we can do, but also showing what that particular person can do, right? Mm -hmm. um, that person has domain expertise, whether it's in 3D print or A4 or software or product, whatever it is, mm -hmm. they have experience and they have opinions and getting those opinions out is uh, is also important. It's kind of my third point here, Rick, is you want to be opinionated. You don't want to be so vanilla all the time, right? You don't want to write a blog where you're regurgitating a press release. We don't do that. We don't want to do that. We want to have some thought leadership put in there. And um, and if there's a third tip that I would give, it's that one. And, and you know, you, 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 uh, you mentioned to me in our prior conversations about headlines being so important on the top end of the content, the title um, which, you know, I, I did a session last week at our digital sales bootcamp and we were focusing on, believe it or not, like how to do a prospecting email. Mm. Everybody's so consumed in the body of content, but they forget the subject line, which is really the title in a piece of content. So when we name this podcast, you know, something, you know, you'll, I don't know, we'll come up with something creative for this one. But <laughs> I, think people, I think people underestimate the title because when we walk up to buy a newspaper. I'm going old school with you here. You look, you're standing between two newspapers. How do you decide which one you buy? Often it's the headline that will grab you uh, to push you to select that content versus something else. But hey, Carl, I just want to uh, uh, say thanks so much for sharing today. I thought your point earlier about having a content schedule and communicating it. I, I hope people pick that up because a lot of organizations, they got Jimmy over here doing the marketing and Susan's doing the sales and Bill's doing operations, but no one knows what's coming out of the oven in terms of content. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I thought that was a really good idea you had. Now, um, if I can let the audience in on something, I'll tell you, you're pretty good with content, given you're actually a songwriter. I don't know, but it seems to be working for you guys at Keypoint Intelligence. Rick, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, that was a gross exaggeration. I'm sorry if, it, if I let it out that way. I'm actually a drummer and a percussionist and a former one at that. So I never can write melody or harmony. I only write rhythm. I can help arrange. Um, but I was in a band years ago and it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, the, a lot of my creative spark comes from music and uh, we've connected on that. And uh, it's just a very important part of who I am and 
for me, one of the most important parts of the world. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks for joining me today on this marketing show and keep up the uh, great rhythm you got going there. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Carl. Thank you very much, Rick. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.